the um, conundrum that Lumpur Cha would give to people, the latter years of his time of verbal teaching. Where he'd ask, if you can't go forward, you can't go backwards, you can't stand still, where do you go? What do you do? And we hear this, it's referred to in a number of his Dhamma talks and mentioned in teachings. But it's not just a, an interesting puzzle, it's an exercise in mind training. It's something to work with. A set of tools to deconstruct the mind's conditioning around time, place, identity. There's time of a lot of formal practice together, the quietness of the latter part of the winter retreat period. This is the ideal opportunity to explore, to pick up this kind of teaching, these kind of tools, learn to use them. Really take it to heart. Just hearing the words and thinking, oh, it's a neat idea, and then slipping on to the next thing. The attention sliding away. But pick up that principle and really explore it. You can't go forward, you can't go backwards, you can't stand still, you can't go sideways or up or down. What do you do? Where do you go? What's the resolution? How can that puzzle be solved? So to dig into this, to genuinely take that principle to heart, to reflect, in the same way that the Buddha speaks in the Udana about that ayatana, that sphere of being where there's no coming, no going, no standing still, no dying, no reappearance, no this world, no other world. All the usual landmarks are not present. All the usual ways that we measure where we are, what we're doing, where we're going, what's happening, they're not there. So to ask this kind of a question, if you can't go forward, you can't go backwards, can't stand still. Where do you go? What do you do? To genuinely explore that kind of a question, to drop that into the space of contemplation, wise reflection, it reveals the presumptions about self and time and place. As long as the mind thinks in terms of, I am a human being who was born so many years ago, I am sitting in this spot, time is passing, I came from somewhere else to be here, and after I've been here for a while, I'll go somewhere else. The mind that takes those to be absolute truths can find no solution to that puzzle, that conundrum. That's the point. So it highlights those presumptions, those habits of attitude, 
it questions those I am a person, I was born, time is passing, I am here, you are there. It's questioning, digging into those presumptions, to ask, is that so? Is that the whole story? Is that a fact? The bodies were born, clocks tick, the sun moves across the sky, from this point of view, But what does that have to do with this experience of the present reality? This awareness of this reality here in this moment. So to genuinely explore that kind of a puzzle, it highlights those presumptions the mind makes out of habit. Only when the mind lets go of time and awakens to the timeless, the akaliko dhamma, the pachupana dhamma, the here and now reality, only when it lets go of self, sees sabe dhamma anatta, all dhammas are not self. Only when it lets go of identification with physical space, seeing that it's only the body, that has a geographical location or a place in the solar system or the Milky Way or the cosmos. Location only applies in the world of rupa, material form. doesn't apply in the world of mind. Awareness does not apply to the mind. The mind is, but it's not any where. Awareness is irrelevant. The heart is then opening to that ayatana, that dimension of, of its own being, which is Dhamma. Timeless, unborn, undying, unlocated. Non-personal. It's not female or male, old or young. It's not here or there. It's not coming or going or standing still. It's not a self, doesn't belong to a self. So all of those familiar landmarks, they fall away. What remains is the awake, aware heart, the jitta, knowing this present reality. So as we practice together, have these days, these passing hours of time in formal retreat together, this is the ideal opportunity to look at those habits, me going somewhere, the mind that wants to know what's next, what comes after this. From the worldly perspective, there's always something next. Time is passing, we're always caught in that flow of becoming, that current of the changing perceptual world. But from the perspective of Dhamma, there isn't a next moment. There's, this is the big moment.
I believe that there was a cartoon in, I think it was the New Yorker, many years ago, where they had two Japanese monks sitting in a zendo side by side. One has got his head slightly inclined towards the other, and the caption reads, Nothing happens next. This is it. That was a very wise cartoon. Nothing happens next. This is it. So from the worldly perspective, that can be disappointing. Oh. No future. Oh. But from the Dhamma perspective, like, well, yes, of course. (laughs) This is it. This timeless reality is it. You can't even say always, because always refers to time. Here it is, the Dhamma ever-present, unborn, undying. This reality. The habits of worldly thinking lean towards becoming. What happens next? So the the patterns of the day can reveal that kind of habit, leaning towards the bell at the end of the sitting, or getting out to my walking path, or getting ready for the anamodana, the mealtime. Getting to the temple for the pujas, for the evening reading. What time is it? How much time have I got? And yeah, I'm a punctuality freak myself, so I do keep an eye on the clock, but I do use this very actively as a way to explore that, what's next? The way that the mind can lean into the imagined next moment. That's the flavor of bhava tanha, the desire to become. And when that's noticed, and let go of, then the feet are still walking towards the temple. The bell still rings. There's still the gathering of a community for the Anumotana. But the heart is not tied to those passing minutes. There's the worldly perception of the clock ticking, the minutes passing, the feet striding, but that which knows the ticking of the clock, the moving of the feet, is always absolutely here, absolutely present, timeless, unlocated. This is the great rest, the great peace, is here, free of time. Peace is not just a break in activity for a limited period, but peace is timelessness itself. I like to recollect and reflect on the words of the great Chinese master Hui Neng, the sixth patriarch of the Chan tradition. In this moment, there is no thing that comes to be. In this moment, there is no thing that ceases to be. Thus, in this moment, there is no birth and death 
to be brought to an end. Therefore, this moment is the absolute peace. And though it is just this moment, there is no limit to this moment. And herein is eternal delight. In this moment, there is no thing that comes to be. Thingness depends on the worldly attitude. There are patterns of perception that take shape and known in a particular form from this particular perspective, but there is no thing that wasn't, that now is, and will in the future stop being. There is no thing that actually comes to genuinely and completely be. There is no thing that ceases to be, no thing that was, like a person or a day or a, a word, that genuinely existed and then stopped existing. It's just a convenient way of speaking, arranging perceptions, that's all. There's no thing that comes to be, no thing that ceases to be. So, what does that say about the birth of a body, the death of a body, the sprouting of a new leaf? It's falling from the branch in autumn. Patterns of perception come and go and change. If the heart's not tied to them, what is lost? What is gained? Well, seeing from the perspective of Dhamma, not just having the idea, but as in these readings from Lumpur teachings, not just the hearing of the words or the comprehending of the words, but genuinely seeing, being Dhamma, knowing the experience of life from this perspective. There's no thing to be endured, no thing to be given up. No thing can be owned. No being that was born or that will die. The mind is Dhamma, it's not a person. Unborn, undying, limitless. What could be gained? What could be lost? This is the Dhamma refuge. Being Dhamma, then there's this quality of spaciousness, peacefulness, security. What's to get? What's to lose? What's to be? What's to stop being? In the moments of clarity, when the habits of worldly thinking and obscurations fall away, notice how obvious this is. This which knows the person isn't a person. Oh, of course. <laughs> this which knows this moment, knows this building, these people, 
these words, it's formless. Oh, of course. How could it be owned? How could it have a form? Awareness is just this knowing quality. Formless, non-personal, timeless, present. Here it is. Notice how obvious, how simple this quality is in the moments where it's uncluttered, unbiased. Notice that. Let that be the ground of attitude, the ground of the practice. Let that be the reference point. When the grasping stops, the Dhamma is here. Perfect, peaceful, simple. Easeful. Every time. Notice that. Feel that. Let that be established as the ground. 